0: Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast, Instant Reaction to SummerSlam 2020. I bet you didn't see this podcast coming. Oh my God, how many times did they have to give us the stupid slogan? The WWE used to do that, I think in the late 90s, where they would have an In Your House and then there would be a slogan, you know, when they started like, In Your House, Bad Blood, and like every other sentence on the Raws leading up to it would be... There's a lot of bad blood between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Boy, there's a lot of bad blood here. There's going to be bad blood on Sunday. And it was really, really stupid then. And in 2020, it's really stupid now. (laughs) Every match featured a, you're not going to see it coming. And you know, in a lot of ways, there was a lot of stuff from this event that you didn't see coming. And not all of it good things. But... Let's start off with the Thunderdome, because while I tuned in on SmackDown out of curiosity to see the Thunderdome, I didn't watch a lot of SmackDown on Friday. And and truthfully, and I don't know how many people have been like this over the last month or so, but with sports coming back, with baseball being back, with the NBA playoffs, with the NHL playoffs, I have found myself skimming through Raw and SmackDown at a level that I haven't seen in a while, where I knew what the main event was for SummerSlam. I have seen a few things over the last month or so, but it's been very limited, rightfully so, for two reasons. A, sports is back, and B, the product sucks. I I think we all agree with that. The product has not been very good uh, for a long period of time, and you can't just blame that on the fact that there are no fans in the arena. But when I heard about the Thunderdome, and I heard about them getting Amway Center until October. I was very intrigued because, look, the NBA playoffs being played down at the Disney campus with virtual fans is not ideal, but I think they've actually done a pretty good job of creating something in a situation that, you know, was pretty awful. So I was curious how the Thunderdome would be. And I saw it for about, you know, five to 10 minutes on Friday night. Tonight, I got to see it for three hours. Okay, it was in your face for three hours. So I have certainly formed a view on the Thunderdome. Let's start with the name. The name stinks. Okay, call it something else. I I don't know what. I'm not here with a better idea other than calling it the Thunderdome makes it sound like I'm going on some kind of weird amusement park ride or it's some really cheesy movie. It doesn't fit what it is. So the name is terrible. And maybe the WWE can change it. Maybe they could call it the Titan Dome or something like that. I I don't know. That's not better. But the Thunderdome isn't very good. Number two. I got to tell you, I love it. Besides the name. I wanted to get that out of the way. The name is stupid. I really, really like it. Now, is it better than having real fans? No, of course not. This isn't the future of pro wrestling. This isn't something I want to see eight years from now. Even when we're allowed to have people in the arenas. But it's... What it did so effectively for this event, which overall I didn't think was a great event, which I'll get to, I promise, is it made it feel big. And that's the thing that WWE hasn't had since fans were in the arenas. Nothing feels big. You know, WrestleMania was so awkward, and I can't blame them for that. It was literally weeks after everything shut down. But as the months have gone on, and you've had a chance to go in the boardroom in WWE headquarters and think about how to progress, they've made some progress. I thought putting the, I don't know if they're NXT workers or whatever, those guys and gals in the stands, I thought that added something. But this is a lot better. And watching this for three hours, it made SummerSlam feel like a big deal. Now, I have a lot of questions about this Thunderdome, like, For example, and I have the same question about the the NBA seating. If you're in the Thunderdome, right? If your face is on that, you know, virtual seating area, what do you see? Do you see something different? Are you seeing the vantage point of where you're sitting? If that's the case, it's kind of cool. I like that. As somebody that loves going to sporting events, that would kind of sell me a little bit. Like, I'm viewing where I'd be sitting. That's number one. Number two. And this may seem like a dumb question, but this is on my mind. I'm being honest with you. What added to this event tonight, what took it from being spectacularly crappy to eh, not great, but something was the fact that there was crowd noise. Now, I find it really hard to believe that all those faces sitting in their living room created that noise. So I believe the WWE probably pumped in a little bit of noise, a little bit of booing you know, during the Sonia Deville-Mandy Rose match, you know, just randomly. A little bit of cheering. Because the sounds coming from computers would not really sound like boos and cheers. Plus, you'd have to think it'd be delayed. Everything's delayed. You know, you hear this when Joe and I do a show and he's watching cable TV and I'm watching something on YouTube TV. I'm delayed a little bit, so there's no way that the wrestling fan is seeing everything instantly and they're able to react instantly and that sound goes through the arena without there being any kind of delay. So that, that made me think for a while. But nevertheless, there was crowd noise, probably pumped in by the WWE, maybe a mix of both. Maybe you have a mix of, hey, we're pumping in crowd noise so it doesn't sound nuts, but we also have the sounds of these poor schmucks who are in front of their computer watching pro wrestling. And I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Like I mentioned, I would find it appealing to be watching from that view, but I wouldn't want my face plastered up at a at a wrestling event. Doesn't it feel like you have to react to everything? But overall, I really like the idea. And the thing that strikes you is that tonight felt like a big event. Tonight was the first night... Since whatever the pay-per-view was before WrestleMania, I can't remember. Elimination Chamber, I think. It's the first time where a pay-per-view or a big event, whatever you want to call it, actually felt big. And I'm glad they did it for SummerSlam. I also started thinking throughout the show, is this something they should only save for pay-per-views? And on Raw and SmackDown, do it from the Performance Center. And I thought about that for a second. I said, you know what? Screw it. It all should be at the Thunderdome and the Amway Center because... They care about raw ratings. They care about SmackDown ratings. And I do think that if you're flipping through the television and now you've got like these millions of, not millions, but thousands of boxes of people's faces, I don't know. Maybe it'll come across to others the way it did to me where it'll feel big and maybe you'll keep the TV tuned on the channel. Now, you have to have a good product. The product's not great. I think this this event tonight kind of showed you that the product wasn't great. And I'll start with the main event, which probably gave me my most satisfaction of the night. And that was the Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman match. It wasn't a particularly great match, but I think the reason why it gave me the most satisfaction is a, something happened that surprised me. And that was Roman Reigns, return. Excuse me. I don't know if that was posted on the internet today or yesterday. I haven't checked. So if it wasn't a surprise for you, What can I tell you? For me, it was a surprise and it was cool because no matter what you think about Roman Reigns, seeing Roman Reigns back for the first time in five months is kind of exciting. It's a fresh character. We haven't seen him in a while. And I sort of liked what Roman did at the end of this match because even though there's no part of me that thinks he'd be a heel, he kind of acted like a heel. Now, one thing, as we've seen from the WWE, is heels can act like faces. Faces can act like heels. It doesn't mean that they're flipping them. So I fully expect Roman Reigns is going to be the lovable character, the lovable face. I say lovable sarcastically, but he's going to be a face. But when he comes out and he attacks Strowman and then goes out to go after, I'm sorry, comes in to, to, to go after Bray Wyatt and then goes out of the ring to get Strowman, and basically says, you're only the monster because I let you, and then beats the crap out of him with a with a chair. I don't know, kind of heelish, kind of cool, kind of fun. So I enjoyed that ending. I don't know what they do with Roman right away. The problem with putting him right in the title picture with, uh, with Bray Wyatt is I don't think Roman's coming back after that layoff to not win. But are you really going to take the title off of Wyatt that quickly? So I think that's probably why they got Strowman involved because I think Roman needs to be busy with Braun for a while and then maybe they'll build towards Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns. I don't think they should build that to WrestleMania. I don't think it's interesting enough to drag something from the middle of August until the middle of March. I know that was their plan or was a potential plan for this past WrestleMania to have Roman against Bray Wyatt. Ah. I'm a big fan of building up something to WrestleMania. So planting the seeds tonight to not give us the payoff till March on the surface sounds kind of cool. I think the problem is, is there enough interest in Roman Reigns against The Fiend to, to build that up for the next eight months? But maybe that's what they do. You know, one of my big critiques of the WWE is... You should have an idea of what your plan is for WrestleMania right now. I think I said that at last year's SummerSlam Instant Reaction podcast. So if that's their plan, I I guess I would commend them for having it in the book so early. But I just don't know if it's appealing enough. The match, though, was so weird. And it's almost like the WWE, and they did this a few times tonight, took their slogan, you'll never see it coming, and really tried to have that be the ending to a few matches. And not in a good way. You know, sometimes the ending out of nowhere is cool. Sometimes the, hey, I didn't see that one coming, but that was awesome. I've cited this before. I always think that about the Diesel-Brett Hart match at Survivor Series in 95, if I'm not mistaken, where Brett faked an injury, small package, out of nowhere beats Diesel. I think that's a cool ending. That's a great ending. But the ending to this match was Braun Strowman taking a, a box cutter That's right, a box cutter. And instead of stabbing his opponent, which probably would have been more effective, he decides to rip the mat off of the ring and then very quickly Bray Wyatt just gets up and uses that for his game by, I think, whipping out two sister Abigails on him and then just getting the win. So Strowman comes across like an idiot. Okay, I'm going to use this box cutter I'm going to rip off the ring a little bit. I'm going to show the exposed wood, which gives away the secret of what's underneath the mat in a wrestling ring, though I I think we all suspected that. And then I'm basically going to let my opponent use it on me, which is exactly what Bray Wyatt did. And that's how it ended, the main event of the night. And and I think, look, the lasting image of this event is not Wyatt getting the victory like that. It's Roman Reigns showing up, obviously. But it really was a completely out of nowhere ending. And, and I guess that was the WWE's plan. They said, hey, this is our slogan for the night. We really have to follow it. And they really did it on an even worse level with Drew McIntyre against Randy Orton. I was intrigued going in to think what main events the show. Because going into the night, I thought both titles were going to switch hands. That was my prediction, if I'm being honest with you. The Strowman won... I think it's been obvious for a while. I've said this on a few podcasts, any of the wrestling podcasts I've done since WrestleMania, that I didn't think Strowman was going to have the title long and that it makes sense to get the belt to Bray. I thought there was a chance they would do it quicker than this. But they dragged it out. You know, they gave you kind of a build for the last three months or kind of weird build with Strowman acting like a heel and assaulting his girlfriend or, you know, not his girlfriend, but the girl that he wants to have as his girlfriend, I guess. So they, they built it, but I always thought hey, they're going to get the belt back to Bray Wyatt. They made a mistake taking it off him to begin with. Strowman was never the plan to be the champion to begin with. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns defeating Bill Goldberg anyway. So that part wasn't the surprise. I thought there was a chance that Orton was going to win the title. And a part of the reason why I thought that was a couple of, there was a couple of reasons. Number one, even though I don't necessarily think that Randy's at his best we've ever seen, that seems to be a consensus. That Randy Orton is doing some of the best stuff we've ever seen because of his feud with Edge and some of the promos that he had. But the other reason I thought it was possible Randy was going to get the belt was it always tends to work better to have the heels with the title and some faces chasing them. And McIntyre is the, you know, he's a face. He's everything about a face. I mean, think about it. After he wins the match, he's saying into the camera, this belt isn't about me. It's about you. Give me a break. It ain't about me. It's not about you listening. It is about Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion. Cut the crap. Cut the kiss-ass crap. You know what I mean? So I thought it was possible they'd put the belt on Randy. And they still may, by the way. They do have another event coming up in a week. And they do have time to flip it. And they may, but I was convinced, well, if the Orton match goes last, Randy's going to win the title. Now, I thought both were going to have title changes, but I was confident about the Strowman Bray Wyatt one. So when I saw that Orton was going second at last, I said, all right, maybe they're going to keep the belt on McIntyre. And the, the ending sucked. The match was okay. There was nothing terrible about the match. It was a hard-hitting you know, main event match, even though it wasn't the main event. But to have a backslide, get the victory over the Viper, come on. And what made it worse is as the pin is happening, it was timed out so beautifully, Vince McMahon will be so proud. As the pin is happening, Todd Phillips says, and he never saw it coming. That may have been the worst version of you're not going to see it coming. That was the worst one. As the pin is happening with a freaking backslide, McIntyre beats Orton with that. We get the, hey, he never saw it coming. I didn't see it coming either, but that's not a good thing. Sometimes you should see it coming. And I don't know what the purpose of it was. I mean, look, I'm sure they're going to have more matches. I'm sure they'll have a rematch at Payback or maybe the next pay-per-view after that. But that wasn't the ending that makes you say, I really need a rematch. Having a backslide be the the pin is going to make you say, I need to see this match again. Look, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan. While the match with Edge at the greatest match of all time tagline event was a tremendous match, and he has had some good promos on the mic, and I'll say he's definitely more interesting today than he was two years ago. I'll give you that. I'm not falling in love with Randy Orton, but I'm also really not falling in love with Drew McIntyre. Doesn't mean the belt should come off of him. It's just, I don't think he's this incredible face champion. And, and here's the, the truth. It's very difficult. And I'd say this over the last 15 to 20 years of wrestling, since the Attitude Era. It's very difficult to point at someone and say, now that's a great face champion. look, John Cena is a guy that we can look back on and say, come on, how can you say John wasn't a great face champion? But the truth is for most of that run, you and I, I'm talking to you out there, you know, you wanted Cena to turn heel. You were sick and tired of super John Cena. So looking back on it now, we can say, yeah, he was a great face, but in the moment, did we think he was a great face? Here's the truth. Tell me where I'm wrong on this. The only great Truly great face champion, and he wasn't even champion that long. That people just loved, and you said, this is a face. There's no need to turn this guy heel. This is a face, was Daniel Bryan. I mean, is there really any other? You want to tell me CM Punk for a little bit? As a badass face? I'll buy that. I'll I'll buy CM Punk. But outside of that, most of the guys that the WWE says, this is your face champion, you don't want as a face champion. Roman Reigns has been the definition of that. And I'm not saying that McIntyre needs to be a heel. But what I am telling you, and I know this is tough to judge because we haven't had fans in the stands to really react. And even with the Thunderdome, you're never going to truly hear what the Thunderdome thinks because it's so controlled by the WWE. And like I mentioned with the sound, like if they want to just crap all over Drew McIntyre, we never hear it. If the crowd wants to do that, I can't imagine it's going to break through the Thunderdome. But I am skeptical that if... This was normal times. I think the crowd would have turned on Drew McIntyre. I think they'd be booing him. I think they'd be giving him the Roman Reigns treatment. So, I'm not suggesting the belt has to come off Randy Orton. If you want to let Drew run with this a little bit longer, fine. I'm just telling you, I'm not buying into it. As far as some of the other matches are concerned, let me get with the uh, the Sasha Banks-Bailey situation. I-, I like this. This was creative. Having... Asuka challenge for both belts in separate matches. I thought that was kind of cool. It, it always made sense that one of the women was going to hold on to the belt. The other woman was going to lose it. I wasn't positive who. I did lean towards Sasha losing only because Bayley's had the belt for 317 days. So why take it off of her? And they would continue to flirt with this. Bailey and Sasha are going to break up. And they've been flirting with this for a while. I think the real question here. As Bayley defeats Asuka with the help of Sasha and then Sasha loses to Asuka when Bayley decides, I'm not going to help. The real question in all of this is going to be, when does the powder keg moment happen? They've been teasing this for a while. You want to give everybody a big payoff. Can they keep this going until WrestleMania? Because that's, that's where you think the big payoff would be. That's where you think it would make the most sense. I just wonder with what they did at SummerSlam with having the heat kind of retched up a little bit more if they could drag this out longer. But I like it. It's an intriguing angle. But really, the payoff's going to be, how do you end it? How do these two finally break up? And then, you know, are the series of matches good? I'm sure they will be. The Mandy Rose-Sonya Deville thing, uh, who the the hell cares? It's just... Sonia Deville's upset. She cuts Mandy Rose's hair. It's not even that short. It's not a big deal. I think there's a lot of guys out there that would say she looks better. I mean, or she looks as good. Like it's not, I mean, it's not like she cut her hair off, which would have, I think been a bigger deal. Like when men have hair versus hair matches, it's always about cutting the whole thing off, not cutting some of it off. Like when Kurt Angle lost the hair versus hair match with edge, like, were you thinking, ah, this is going to be a little bit of hair taken off? If Edge lost that match, Edge was going to go bald. When Vince McMahon lost a hair versus hair match to the president of the United States, he was going bald. It wasn't, I'm going to take some of the hair off. Obviously, Vince didn't lose that match to the president. It was Bobby, wasn't it Bobby Lashley against Umaga? I think, yeah. I think it was. Did I ever tell you something fascinating about that? Umaga. Fought against the man who now resides in the White House. If you take the U away, how do you spell Umaga? Does that blow your mind? That blows my mind. <laughs> Anyhow, let me get to the uh, what was the uh, the, the street profits against Andrade and Angel Garza? Who cares? I don't know why they showed the video of retribution. Retribution's going to suck. There is net. That whole angle of we're shutting the lights off, we're shutting the mics off. Oh my God, what's happening? Then they come out with weapons and they're chainsawing the ropes off. It's not the NWO. It's not even the NXT invasion. Is that what they, the Nexus invasion? It's none of that because I don't know who retribution is, but I'm pretty confident that whoever it is, no one's going to care about. So they give us that package, that video to remind us of how stupid the angle is. Uh, the Seth Rollins-Dominic match. Here's the number one thing that was on my mind during this match. And you know if you're listening, you thought the same thing if you watched this show tonight. Great job mentioning Ray Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero at SummerSlam 2005. Great job. That's a classic match. Of course you'd bring it up. Same event 15 years ago. Ray Junior's there. But they give us Dominic was sitting ringside. No, 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 no. Well, hold on. Dominic wasn't just sitting ringside. The rights to being Dominic's father was on the line. How do you leave that out? I mean, come on. The rights to being the dad of Dominic was on the line between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. That was what was on the line. It was essentially Dominic on a pole. I think Conrad Thompson mentioned that. And it's true. It was Dominic on a pole match. How do you not mention that? You just say he's sitting there ringside watching his dad wrestle. He was finding out who was going to give him allowance when the event was over. Don't insult our intelligence. I know it was 15 years ago and there's a lot of people watching that have no idea that occurred. But you got to mention, yeah, you know, 15 years ago, Dominic had a lot on the line at SummerSlam. The custody to him was on the line between Ray and Uncle Eddie Guerrero. Look, I think Dominic did a hell of a job. Much like, what's his name? Pat McAfee did a hell of a job. I didn't watch a lot of NXT. I heard McAfee was wrestling. Pat McAfee did a great job. I give him a lot of credit. He really put together a hell of a match. Um, Dominic was good. He was fine. I, I, I think the problem I had with this is, yeah, he was fine. Yeah, the match was entertaining. I'm glad Seth got the win. Seth can't lose. But what happens now? I mean, Seth Rollins is sort of in this point in his career where he's got this new gimmick. He's a heel. Totally fine. I certainly like him being a heel. I'm not sure if I love the gimmick, but fine. He's a heel. It's what he should be. And he's almost just like meandering now in the middle of the mid card. It may be time for Seth to come back to the main event picture because Rey Mysterio Jr. is this kind of guy that no one has really cared about since Dominic on a pole. No, a little bit after that because he did win the world title. That was cool. I'd say since 2009, no one cares about Rey Mysterio Jr. We didn't care about his eye supposedly coming out of his socket. And Dominic, I, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. Is Dominic going to be a wrestler now for the next five years? Is he going to be a wrestler we care about? Once Ray Jr. isn't there in his corner, once he's not looking to get revenge for something that happened to his dad, are we going to care about Dominic? And this is my problem that I have to get over. I, I, every time I look at Dominic, I think I'm looking at Wilmer Flores. I just can't get over it. They look so similar. So the match was fine. Uh, beats him in front of Ray Jr. being handcuffed to the rope. That's that that's all right, but I don't know what happens after this. I think Seth deserves better. That's what I think. So so overall, you know, the card was okay. It wasn't the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. The one thing about the WWE right now is their writing isn't very good, their storylines aren't very good. Their events tend to be better than what their storylines were. Not the last pay-per-view. I, I forget what it was already. It was so horrible, but In general, the big events, the pay-per-views, whatever you want to call it, tend to be better than the actual writing week-to-week. Hopefully, it gets better. You know, Roman Reigns being back will certainly help. And I think the Thunderdome will help. I am a fan of the Thunderdome. Not a fan of the name of it, but I'm certainly a fan of this kind of surreal look of fans in the stands. This is not, I'll make something clear, because I've certainly felt this way watching the NBA The NHL hasn't done anything like this. Baseball hasn't done anything like this. Baseball's done the cardboard cutouts. The NHL hasn't done anything, which is fine because we are watching for the love of the game. And I'm watching the Islanders beat the Capitals in five. I'm not caring that I'm not seeing virtual fans. It's not that big of a deal. It's just the creativity of adding something to it. This is not the future. I I sorely miss that explosion from the crowd. You know, as cool as Luca's moment was today, if you're listening Sunday night, if you're listening Monday yesterday, uh, Luca's game winner against the Clippers in overtime, as epic as that moment was, it's better if there's 18,000 people exploding. And I think the virtual fans add something to it. I think the virtual fans tonight added something to it. But would it of course, be cooler if there was this, oh my God, Roman Reigns is here? Absolutely, but... I give the WWE credit. I think the Thunderdome adds something, and it made SummerSlam feel like a big event. And I worried about that. I worried when we talked about SummerSlam a month or two ago, how do you differentiate SummerSlam from all the other stale shows we've had over the last five months? And they were able to do it. And hopefully soon, not for wrestling, but for the sake of all of us, arenas will be packed. That's the hope. Anyhow... You can listen to Joe and I. We're actually on at our regular time this week. We got preempted a lot for the Brooklyn Nets and for the New York Yankees. Shouldn't be much of a problem. So you can hear us from 2 to 6, Monday through Friday, on the fan. Thank you for listening to this edition, the SummerSlam 2020 Instant Reaction Edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.